What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 71 of Frame Skip, your weekly fun time show with the boys hanging out, talking about whatever in the world exists that has sometimes something to do with video games and most of the time, maybe something to do with football. My name's Austin Eller. I'm hosting this episode, I suppose. I'm joined by... Elijah, I'm trying to think of a new nickname for you on the fly, and it's really not working out too well. Uh, the ladies' man, Elijah Still. What's going on, Elijah? You had none of this coming in, did you? <laughs> Literally none of it. No, it's, no, absolutely it sounded not. Like, it sounded like instead of being even two steps ahead, it's like you were looking down at the floor and like, maybe I'll walk an inch more. Maybe. <laughs> I appreciate you trying to wrap this up quick because you know the Red Sox are playing in eight minutes. So let's just bang this podcast out in eight minutes and we'll all get on with our night. Yeah. Speaking of the Red Sox, we got George. George, Red Sox Loftus. Are you wearing Red Sox right now, George? In honor I, of I, team? I, I don't wear socks when I'm at home anymore. You're disgusting. You don't walk around barefoot, though, right? Oh, no. I got an L.B. Okay. Oh, okay. Slippers. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. Well, you should get some Red Sox. I mean, I feel like if you're such a huge fan, how do you not own... I what am actually. Uh, I didn't. After, George. I didn't watch them after the All Star break because they <laughs> fell apart, like uh, like something that famously falls apart very quickly and very completely. They're playing. It's like a wild card single game elimination game against the Yankees tonight. So I'm excited to watch that. I'm getting over a cold, um, so I'm excited to just nice celebrate being healthy with hopefully a red sox <laughs> win over the, the most annoying sports franchise in the history of every single sports franchise speaking of bare feet i do want to ask a question does anybody wear crocs all right uh, how do my, i remove somebody from a call how i don't uh, know how my, to gr- do that. my girlfriend does my, my partner does <laughs> you do you wear partner? crocs coach the coach you know Kyle what? Newman. We're also joined by you. What's going on? Do you wear Crocs? You know what? I never did. I made fun of my ex because she wore them. She was a lifeguard, but uh, I, I do wear them now. I bought some when I w- went out to uh, train in the summer. I know, and it was they're lifesavers. So, what just, color Crocs do you have? Gray camo. I was uh, going to say the no, camo. No, I don't yeah. do camo. I was going to say camo only on weekends when I <laughs> minor camo. <laughs> but i have a pair of uh spurries flip-flops that i wear so yeah those are good shoes they make yeah. good shoes well we're back for another week it's it's fun to be here with you all how have you all been any fun stories over the past week you sound like and grant i've been watching a lot of midnight math you sound like a pastor it's wonderful to be here with you all and uh <laughs> make sure to uh put money in the jar on the way out <laughs> and and also with you, yeah, yeah. His his sermons, be the like, literally, his sermons literally scared the hell out of me just by the way he was talking to the congregation. He's so good, bro. All of them are good. I That's just that- finished episode five, so I got two more. Okay, yep. I just finished five as well. Oh, I you, you didn't ha- you haven't seen it all yet? No, I keep wanting to, but like something comes up and I don't have a chance to watch more. Yeah. But that one, I think it was the second or third episode when that song came on um, from uh, Neil Diamond, Holly Holy. And 
that whole day that I, I listened to that song about a hundred times the next day. And episode three <laughs> is the one where I had to like, at one point just turn off the episode. Cause I'm like, this is heavy and I need to breathe a moment. And I was, I mentioned to coach what, after what part it was. And there was a very, very good discussion that took place in the episode. And right before that was basically this one character talking to this other one. And uh, I don't know which one of those two deserves an award more because that scene was powerful AF. And and he's not lying. It was each from, from episode three, because one and two is all building character, right? It's good storytelling. Three, it gets intense. Four, it gets more. Five, you're, you're just like, what the hell is going on? So it's classified as horror, but I think it's more religion and just darkness with religion, you know? Mm-hmm. Not, not exorcist stuff, but still close to it. And it's, it's so good. And it's the, it's the director that did the two um, haunting seasons yep. on uh, and an amazing, amazing writer and director. For sure. Yep. I do want to watch that at some point. Great. I, I haven't watched Andy and I were talking about watching the other haunting um, series because my Manor. uncle actually recommended Life, yeah. them to him to me. Yeah. Yeah. Th- so they're, they're fantastic. I love them. The and first what's cool is all the actors are in all of them pretty much. Yep. The first one is one of my all-time favorite shows. So, yeah. Also, that segment was for everyone who complains about us talking about fantasy football at the beginning. You're welcome. We didn't talk about it. Speaking of fantasy, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, we're not going to talk about much of this week. Video games. But <laughs> that's if you exciting. Had Dak, you got a lot of points. I'm just going to say that. But go ahead. Yeah. Um, before we get into our, our big topic of the show this week, though, I, I did want to ask you guys what you've been playing since we normally go through that. George, you've been playing anything good this past week? Uh, I haven't. I'm, I'm at a weird sort of impasse. I think we talked about it before on the show where, like, I know I want to play something, but, like, no game is really sort of gripping me. I've sort of eased the, the gas off of, uh, oh, my God, I can't remember the name of it, uh, Deathloop. Like, I, I haven't played that in a couple days. Uh, I started Red Dead Redemption 2 from the beginning. And, like, that game is beautiful. It's like playing, like, a Sergio Leone movie. But it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for, like, a 90-hour Sergio Leone movie. <laughs> um, so I keep sort of, like, playing different games for, like, 20 minutes, an hour, just trying to, like, find something that really, really hooks me. And I haven't yet, unfortunately. So I'm going to say, no, I've been reading a ton of comics which has been super fun. Um, I'm halfway through, more than halfway through the Empire event, which was like the big Marvel event from 2020. I don't love it. I think it's kind of boring. And it it's just kind of like a reductive story where they took an old story and just like added a twist to it. I'm like, oh, so you took like this old established part of canon and then ruined it for the sake of telling like a bad story. Okay, that's a decision. Uh, so that's that's what I've been spending most of my time with. Have they had any like good events recently? Like the you know the like annual big old yearly events. Has there been anything good? Because I feel like I haven't really heard anything anybody talk about. I mean, especially after and you and I talked about this before. I got into comics back in like 2014 for a good while, and then Original Sin came out, and I was like, "Uh," and that just killed it for me because that that 
crossover. It sounds sucked. like that run was an original sin. I mean, it was. I mean, it original was really sin. Bad. Original sin was tough because I think the series that benefited from it the most was Thor, and the person who wrote Original Sin was writing Thor, and so that was what set up like the uh, Thor Odin son being unworthy, and then a woman grabbing the hammer, and you're not entirely sure who she was. Uh, who had the power of Thor and th- like that ended up I finished reading like Jason Aaron the writer like his entire run on Thor and it's it's excellent like it is top tier some of the best comics I've ever read um, as for like recent events I think my favorite's probably been Secret Empire which was like super maligned when it came out because it was like what if Cap America was a was a Hydra agent this whole time and so he just came out as like super authoritarian i thought that comic was awesome because it was just like such a wild departure from the stuff they've been doing uh i read absolute carnage and that was super fun but that was really just a tease and i'm finishing up empire now which will dovetail into the king in black which is like the god of the symbiotes sort of like coming home to roost and uh i'm I'm super excited to get to that because i think like there's a few writers where it's just and a few artists too where it's just like if your name's on it i'm gonna buy it and donny cates uh is one of those writers so i'm excited to get to that i will check back in with you guys next week and let you know how that event shaped up to be awesome elijah you've been playing anything over the past week so i and i don't have too much to say about this one but i've played some hot wheels unleashed it's super fun it's super arcadey it's just a good time. It's not very in-depth. It's a gorgeous game. You know, we've talked about before. The cars look just like Matchbox. Sorry, Hot Wheels cars. And it, it it's fun. It's stupid fun. Uh, I streamed it Friday night and had the worst... I don't want to say crash I've ever had. But I managed to land the car exactly on the side of the track. So the side of the track is underneath my car and my wheels are off to the side of it. So I couldn't move. And uh, whatever. It was only, it was terrible, but awesome at the same time. I hate um, it when that happens to my actual Hot Wheels. <laughs> Sucks. How do you like the game though? It's fun. It, it's a, it's not something I could say, man, I just want to play Hot Wheels all day. But it's one of those things where I could see myself, you know, long day at work, come home. You know, I'll do a couple races on Hot Wheels before I go to bed. Is it better than the DLC for Forza Horizon? I mean, I loved that DLC, so I'm going to say no. But also, it, it's so good. It's wildly different because Forza Horizon still has a very sim-like standard to its racing. Uh, even if it, yeah, like even even if the game is an arcadey version of the Forza series. The actual driving is still very sim simulation. This is straight up arcade. Like the only time you ever have to press on the brake is to initiate a drift. And then you just like, like you can just hold on to the gas the entire time if you wanted. I mean, you'd be hitting a whole bunch of walls, but also you, you, you don't need to let go of. It. But it's fun. It's just, it's just fun, which is exactly what I wanted out of it. Yes, George. Uh, how are the trophies in the game? Super, super gettable. Yeah. George, how did you do that? Oh, wait. <laughs> but the um, the only other game I want to talk about is a game I've been waiting for for a while, Chernobylite, which is a very 
mild survival survival horror game. Like you're basically building a squad. There are a couple characters in the game that you can get to join you. And you're finding out about your wife who disappeared. Uh, this is back after the Chernobyl incident and scientists discovered this new, uh, I, I, I don't know exactly what to call it. Like not material, but it does. It, it's not on the uh, periodic table, but you know, it's a material like that um, mm-hmm. called Chernobylite. And throughout the game, you're both finding out about your missing wife slash girlfriend, but also about what this Chernobylite is, where it comes from and what these people want to use it for. And it's super fun, super neat. But the problem is there is a save bug currently that hit me about halfway through the game. And I decided to not turn the game off because I I didn't want to lose anything. And the game crashed on the final, like, the heist at the end. And any save I tried to boot up, because it keeps, like, 15 of your most recent manual or autosaves. Any one I tried to boot up took me right to the very beginning of the game. And I knew something was wrong because you're building up this base where you build stations, you can make it homey like beds for your squad. You need to make sure radiation levels are normal and stuff. And at one point after the save bug, I came back out like in the morning because you do like you sleep in your bed to go to the next day and it had like all the junk around. All my stuff was gone, had all the junk around it, like at the very beginning of the game. But my inventory that I had in storage, I could still access. But only if I went to one of the other characters to access it. I couldn't actually access it from the storage because according to the game, it was gone. So I'm like, all right, this is weird and I don't like it. Yes, sir, with the hand up. Okay. <clears throat> coach speaking. Who are you is with? This Hi, game... Coach. Are you with Frameskip? Is this Frameskip game... podcast? Yes. Friend of Frameskip. Is Frameskip. So is this better than Stalker, the first one? I didn't play too much of the first stalker yet um that was very very survival and it throws it just like throws you right into things that i played for like an hour and i'm like i still have no idea what's going on i can't tell are these friendlier enemies i walk up to them and they just shot me in the face all right that's an enemy so i go and shoot another guy and it's like ah, i'm a friendly and i'm like i can't tell you look the same so I just I haven't played too much Stalker yet. Okay. Uh, I am going to dig into it more. This is it's it is easier than Stalker. That's for sure. Um, like I said, it's very light on those kind of. Things. I don't think I've heard that before. Where it's like, oh, I stopped playing that game. How come I couldn't tell who to shoot and who not to shoot? Like I've I've heard a lot of reasons why people stop playing games. I'm not sure if I've ever heard that one. <laughs> In the words of Unicron, it pleases me to be the first. but yeah i enjoy the game i just i i want that to be fixed uh i will play through it again uh george just so you know the trophies are super easy 
I literally only have one trophy left, and it's get an ending to the game. Wow, I mean, that sounds like oh, the hardest wow. trophy. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Uh, apparently it is yeah but yeah the trophy is super easy when they fix it i do recommend this game it's fun i had a good time is this a common issue that people are having the i thing? actually didn't didn't know about it until because i was streaming it and somebody came in and asked if i had gotten the save bug yet so it has to be i'm going to keep an eye out for uh if like for when they say about fixing that or then i'll i'll gladly play through the game again i enjoyed it for Last week, I literally didn't want to play anything else. At all times, I was thinking, I want to play Chernobyl. How long is it? How many hours have you put in? Uh, 13. Oh, wow. When The Last of Us came out originally on PS3, it had a similar issue where it would, like, if you played it within the first week or so of launch, it would just eat your save. Um, and Which so game? That's The Last of Us. And I remember a, a former friend of ours, former co-host of ours on a prior podcast he had that issue and i want to say he had played seven or eight hours and it just ate a save and like he had to replay the whole thing which i don't know in the last of us that's like a to me that's a game i don't really want to like go back and and play through the first six hours again (laughs) like the one that sucks too how dare you talk about an x in front of me like that (laughs) last thing i'll also add is chernobyl is only 30 dollars. it's not a full price game which i thought it would be and for 30, yeah, that's pretty good. When, when this does get fixed, I do recommend it. I, I had a blast. And like I said, I'll gladly play it again. I feel like we're seeing a lot of that this gen, which is kind of cool. Like Chernobyl Light's 30 bucks, Hades, 30 bucks. Um, uh, Pathless, I grabbed for 30 bucks. Alan Wake is 30 bucks. And like, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty cool with that. Cause like that, that was one thing on, on game podcasts we used to listen to, they always talk about where it's just like, have we fully explored like a, effective game price models you know like have have we really is every game either going to be 14.99 or 59.99 or i guess now 69.99 uh so it's it's cool to see that these new games are coming out and like they understand like they have a, a goal with their pricing i guess which is which is neat well all of the new like indie games are they're usually they're no more than 20 dollars for the most part you could get between ten and twenty dollars. So there's stuff out there. If you're on a budget, there's some really good games that are are out there to be played. Where are we at as far as the the seventy dollar price point? Now that we're like a year into, I guess what's now current gen. I mean, how do you guys feel about about paying seventy bucks for a AAA big title? I mean, I'm okay I, with it. Yeah, I I guess it's a mixture. Of, I'm okay with it because I do understand that you know, the price has gone up for making games, yet the price of games has stayed at $60 for so long. 15, 15 16 years. 16 years, yeah. And still at this point, we haven't, it's not like every game is $70 now. So I don't mind spending $70 on the occasional one because like, I get it. I get it. I, I totally understand. And like back in the day, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire was like 110 bucks. Yeah, I was going to say 75. I remember so, brand new 75 at Yeah. Was that? Because there was no price regulation back in the day. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean that and, makes sense so they fit a whole galaxy into a cartridge. Yep. You I know. See what you did there. Yeah. But yeah, I get it. I'm I'm okay with it. Um it's a uh, 
I'm not gonna lie, I felt a little burnt by a couple of games I bought. Like, uh, I grabbed Returnal the day it came out, and I grabbed Ratchet and Clank, uh, a Rift Apart the day it came out. I feel like a little skeptical, I guess, about like, like I'm sure there's gonna be some games that I will purchase day one with like no regrets. Uh, like I assume Star Wars Knights of the Republic, if that game comes out at 70, like I'm probably gonna buy that, you know, no, no questions asked, but, um, for me, it's making me like a little bit more hesitant about grabbing games on day one, just because like these games will fall in price. You know, like how many, how many PlayStation games have you, or PlayStation Four games specifically, have you guys grabbed for twenty dollars or less? You know, yeah. like, I managed to grab all of the Resident Evils for fourteen ninety nine each. So it's just like, all right, this will just encourage me to really sort of like play my backlog and just wait. And like it really, yeah, Coach is holding up a copy of God of War: The Greatest Hits version for twenty bucks. And like, not that that game's not worth sixty, but like, if you're not going to play it anytime soon, you know, <laughs> like why, why would you go full price on it? And it, it reminds me of like Marvel Unlimited, which is like how I've been reading these comics lately, where it's like, I think it's seventy dollars for a year, so it comes out to like a little bit more than five bucks a month. And it's like the one drawback is that the books come out on Marvel Unlimited three months after they hit print. And so it's like, all right, so I'm not reading this the month it comes out, but on this, but like by the same virtue, it's like it's cost me like a little bit more than a comic book and a half to read everything Marvel's ever printed. So like that's that's like a fair trade off, you know. So just you know, wait I, for these games to come to PlayStation now. Yeah, I guess is what yeah. I'm saying. Not only that, but yeah. a lot of them you just have to wait like what three or four months, and they're like twenty dollars off. You know, um, oh yeah, a lot of games. Sure. A lot of games next month are going to be off. You know, we just have to wait another what five six weeks. Actually, yeah. I wouldn't even say that because I know a lot of places are worried about like if they you know their stores are open. But a lot of places are worried about ha- having so much traffic at once with the whole COVID thing going on that a number of places said, yeah, we're starting our sales in like a week or two. Yeah, and, I think they did that last year, right? Yeah, and they're like, you don't have to worry. It's not like the prices are going to be different. These are our Black Friday prices. Well, that and also like distribution has been like a nightmare for stuff. Like, yeah, I read some report on Bleeding Cool, I think is like the name of the website. I can't remember which one. But it was like comic book printers like literally don't have enough paper to like print comics right now. So it's just like, oh, man, this is like affecting everyone. And like the price for I've been bagging and boarding comics lately, like the price for bags like shot up. And so like what I used, I used to be able to get 100 bags and 100 boards just so I could like organize and like protect my comics. That used to be like 12 bucks for both. Now it's like almost 30 for, for that. And it's just like, damn, like this is just. COVID really threw a wrench into a lot of things. And, and I know, uh, I know places have been having trouble getting games even like not just like today, my copy of Alan Wake wasn't there, but I've seen other places that have just had trouble. Their games haven't come in on time or they just didn't get them because they, there weren't enough printed. And then I'm also worried. Well, I was worried about the um, Skyward Sword Amiibo, but I, I forgot, but I guess I had pre-ordered it. So I did get it. But GameStop for the last month has had them in stock. So the point I'm trying to make is this week, uh, Friday, Metroid releases, right? And I mm-hmm. really want those Amiibos. So it may not be in stock this week or next week, but I'm hoping that the same thing that happened with the, uh, because that Skyloft Amiibos sold out quick. 
So I will go down to uh, Fort Bliss and see. Fort Bliss gets crazy stuff. Like they had the, uh, even as of last year, they had the, uh, the Wii U Mario Kart 8 edition, which yeah, I should have wow. picked up. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think the, as far as the $70 thing goes, I mean, just for me, I mean, at this point, it's not really a hard sell because, I mean, like we said, I mean, it's been 15 years since they last shot up. I will agree with you, though, George. It's like, yeah, it's I get it. But at the same time, it's hard for me to get out of the mindset of like 10 more dollars. I mean, does that mean it's like more valuable or like a better game because of that price increase? And so um, certainly I think I'm kind of at a point where I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll wait on a lot more games that are 70 well, it's, bucks. It's and, not just that. I just I think that like 60 bucks was like the highest like dice roll I was comfortable with. You know, like 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 60 bucks is like a lot of money, but like 70 bucks just like sounds like so much more where it's just like, man, that's like groceries for a week and a half. Whereas like right. 60 bucks, it's not that much different than groceries for a week right. and a half, but it's, you know, it's less or whatever so like in your head you can like compartmentalize it a bit but i don't know like there's just something about it where i'm like am i gonna be upset if i don't play this game the week it comes out like that's just like a question i've been asking myself more these days and then there's like other games like i bought aliens fireteam elite before the reviews came out because that game was 40 bucks and i'm like okay screw it like yeah it's, oh it's only 40 yeah, i'll throw some money towards that you know so like it, it does go both ways i think it is like I am checking out more games because they're cheaper, but like it's not necessarily a direct response to other games being more expensive. But like it is right. making me be a little bit more cautious and deliberate yes. with how I'm spending my money. For sure. And you, you don't want to run into a aliens colonial marines type of you know, because I what was that like fifty dollars brand new, but it's only worth like oh, five. Sure. You know, so <laughs> Coach, uh, to go back to the topic, have you been playing anything over the past week? I know you've had a lot well, going on. Yeah, well, you know, I felt like uh, George as well, where I'm just kind of in between. I know Miles Morales is next, right? But I just uh, tearing down the house and everything like that, putting everything in. But recently, um, I did get a new gaming laptop. So I put on uh, Custom Quest. Nice. And I started playing through that this morning. I woke up like my, I don't, I don't know why. I just woke up at 3.30. So by about 5, 5.30, I finally got out of bed and I just started playing it. And uh, such a, just a chill, fun Halloween game, right? And then uh, based on our conversations, uh, what you and I have been having, I also installed uh, Arkham City on my computer because I wanted to see how it runs. Because I went to my, um, I went to my storage and brought out my Wii U, and of course I forgot my power cables. But I had my Wii U, okay. But um, I got Batman Arkham uh, Armored Edition, Armored, Batman Arkham City Armored Edition. I pulled that one out. And I just wanted to see how that plays because it's been so long since I played it on there, right? So I'm going to be. Uh, capturing a bunch of the um, release games, you know, the uh, launch games, whatever. So I, I played a little bit, uh, some of uh, Arkham City and Costume Quest. Nice. Yep. I haven't been playing a whole lot over the past week. I uh, Really, the, the only game I've been playing is Deathloop, and I finally finished it over the weekend. And... Um, 
I adore that game, but man, does that ending just suck. It is. <laughs> and, and I, I say that like very objectively, that ending just, it really is not good. And it's unfortunate because that whole game is fantastic. It's got really good kind of story and lore that's built into that world. And, you know, you feel like you're in this established world when you boot up the game. Um, but the second you get to the end, it's like, man, they just really didn't write an ending in. Like, that's what it feels like. I mean, it's it's extremely abrupt. You get no closure whatsoever. You get no explanation as to what the loop is, for example, like which is, I mean, pretty much the biggest question you could ask. Um, it's it's odd. It's it's very odd to me that the the game was written that way at the end with with such an emphasis on on story leading up to it and just no no conclusion whatsoever. And so I'm hoping we maybe get some DLC or something that kind of you know gives more answers. But I, I certainly don't think we're going to get a sequel considering Microsoft owns this franchise now. <laughs> I mean, I think we might get a sequel, but probably just not on PlayStation. <laughs> That's true. That's possible. Um, have you played as Juliana as all at all? Yes, I have. I have. But Is that you, fun? yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun. You you get a lot of kind of different interactions with it. I I I'm still not great with her because I'm like not amazing at fighting other actual real people in that game. But there was one time I was like following this guy around and I just like point blank or straight up shot him like right in the head, like a, a foot away, and he just died. And I was like, oh, well, there you go, buddy. That's what you get. That's what you get for not paying attention. So there's a lot of cool stuff you can you can do with her. But yeah, I mean, I still think the game's fantastic. I just I really wish the ending was a, a little bit better. And it's now that people are getting to the end, it seems like this is kind of becoming the common opinion. I've actually seen over the last few days several several people I know that have beaten the game and, and said that they are kind of in the same boat as far as the ending goes. So kind of disappointing, but I still think it's it's worth playing. It's a so really, really that doesn't game. affect your opinion of the game at all, like the fact that they didn't stick the the landing. Maybe a little bit, but I mean, to be honest, I, I think the reason I really enjoyed the game was the gameplay, and so mm-hmm. I I kind of had to be real with myself and be like, okay, in the end, how much did this like disappointing ending really affect my enjoyment with this twenty five hour long game? And and the reality is not not really that. Yeah, much. that's that's like the conversation people are having with Game of Thrones, where it's just like, oh man, the first like six seasons were like perfect television. And then even like the first like four or five episodes of the last season were like incredible, like edge of your seat stuff. It's like, right. God, those last three episodes. It's like, all right. But yeah. like if you like 98 percent of something, doesn't that mean you really like right. the thing? Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, like I said, I think it's a fantastic game and I would still say it's my game of the year at the moment. So cool. Um, definitely, definitely worth playing, I would say still. Also, a uh, quick, quick question to the group. Um, so in. Arkham City, like so many people dress up. So does that make it count as a Halloween game? You know, you got like Killer Croc who's spooky. You got Scarecrow who's spooky. <laughs> like you got probably Man Bat somewhere, right? I don't know. I never played City. Who's spooky? Uh, it, it came, yeah, he is super spooky. Uh, that game came actually, out like, right you, before yeah, finals. That's, that's actually not too far off from the truth. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Coach, do you remember when Man Bat shows up? Do you remember that? Oh, I'll never forget that. <laughs> But I will say you this, will Arkham never forget Origins, that. yeah, Arkham Origins is a uh, Christmas game. Yeah. True. True. I'm excited. I actually bought that game, and I'm going to play it around Christmas. I've never touched what, it. Uh, what system? Really PS3. You have a PC? Uh, no. 
because I think that's the definitive version. But if you're doing it for trophies. George and I have that very much in common. <laughs> if someone asked, what did we get it on? Just assume it's a system with trophies. Yeah. It's disappointing they never brought that game, like remastered it or anything. It's like yeah, the forgotten that is, child. Yeah, such a redheaded stepchild. No. Uh, sorry for any redheaded listeners we have. It's just an expression. <laughs> Who also I'll try. I'll try to improve my language yeah. going forward. Um, but man, that just like su- like same thing. Like I can't believe they never like remastered uh, like Uncharted: Golden Abyss. Like I think that yeah. game's fantastic. Yeah, and like that game should be playable in other places and like a lot of the stuff you can do because like there's a trackpad on the controllers now so it's like right. okay so like we can do 80 percent of the vita functionality with a with a dual shock and ah, god damn I, I just don't know man like arkham origins fell through the cracks this would actually be a fun episode if we like try to come up with a list of games that fell through the cracks yeah. that shouldn't have there are a lot of mm. there's a lot of controversy with that we'll game do now, that. so i like that I, could, I mean i can kind of yeah. see why but um, a lot of people were pissed that instead of fixing what bugs there were, they just focused on the DLC, which the DLC, like I was watching my review of the DLC last night and it played so much better than the game. If you haven't played the DLC, Interesting. Um, it's really good. Yeah, it's really, really good. And they fixed the issues that they had in the main game. Plus you get new uh, Batman armor. So it's is this for heart, Origins or Night? No, Origins. Origins, okay. Yep. And plus, hold on real quick. I got one little yep. thing. Troy Baker plays a good Joker. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, he does. Yeah. He was my first introduction to animated Joker. Interesting. What were I'm, you doing in the 90s, my guy? I was going to say, oh, how's that even possible? Batman movies and shows. Man. Because my very first DC <laughs> animated movie I watched wasn't because of Batman. It was because of the Suicide Squad. No, I, yeah, it's uh, hell to pay, right? Um, the, or Assault on Arkham. Assault, Assault on Arkham, okay. Um, man, that's just so weird. Like, how did you get through the 90s, like, dodging Batman the Animated Series? That's so strange. I've still never seen it, so technically I got through the 2000s and the 2010s this, as well. George, this is not the first time this has come up on this podcast. It's not? <laughs> Sorry. Well, it's just, it, well, this no. feels like, you know... Like, the Japanese soldiers that they found on, like, the islands, like, 20 years after World War II, who, like, thought the war was still going on. Like, this is just, like, it's like, Elijah, like, what bank vaults have you been hiding out from the apocalypse in that, like, you didn't 76. watch seminal 90s cartoons? <laughs> I remember when Elijah told this to Seth, it was on this podcast. Uh, it was specifically on Frameskip, I'm pretty sure. And Seth just had, Lost like, it. a mental... <laughs> yeah, it's because we were, we were talking down. about yeah. Harley Quinn. Yes. And I had mentioned, yeah. like, I hadn't seen the series, and he was just like, Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that's, that feels. I might have been on that episode. That feels familiar. You might have been George. You might have been. Well, speaking of it's animated, on, it's on HBO. Go check it out. Uh, speaking yeah. of animated, that's a that's a good transition, isn't it? Uh, we promised you last sure. week when when we were talking about the Nintendo Direct that we would give our thoughts on the casting of the Super Mario Brothers animated film being made by Illumin... Is it Illumination, I believe? It is, is the studio that makes uh, Despicable Me and... Uh, Minions. Minions. Minions, yes. So they're they're making a movie, and it comes out next Christmas. And uh, they announced the, the casting. And we brushed over it last week, because this is like something 
fantastic to talk about. And so we're going to talk about that movie. And then we've got a, a few castings of our own that we want to talk about that uh, we hope get made in real life, potentially. I don't know. Maybe maybe you guys oh, don't yeah. hope yours gets made. I, I hope mine gets made a little bit. So <laughs> um, I just want to kind of run us through the the Mario Brothers casting and we'll just kind of talk about it. But um, I guess I'll just start off and we'll just kind of hit the characters and we'll we'll just do that. And then at the end, we can talk about our overall thoughts. But they announced that, by the way, this is animated, of course, Mario is Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt himself. What did you guys think when you saw Okay, this? time time out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really interesting how quickly the conversation shifted to like, well, you couldn't get any Italian guy to be Mario. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. And yeah. like there are some prominent like Italian people who work in games journalism and like they voice what seemed like genuine disappointment. Um interesting. Which I thought which I thought was very interesting just cuz I'm like, yeah. oh, I didn't know that he was like a cultural icon to italian people um he chris pratt released an instagram video where he talked about how much he like loved playing like the original like super mario arcade machine and then he ended it by saying it's a me a mario and he's like that's not the voice don't worry we've been working on the voice you'll hear it soon uh i think this is fine i mean like he's so good in the lego movie right like he's right really good he's really good in animated movies no, I th- I think he's going to nail this. And it's like as much fun as people have been making as this casting. I actually think this is Chris Pratt as Mario. Honestly, is not too bad. It's just yeah, getting used to. It's going to be interesting getting used to hearing Mario with a different voice. Obviously, that's going to be the fun part. But that um, actor's in the movie. Yeah, he but he's Marnet or whatever. Yeah, Marnet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I guess we'll see what he ends up playing. There, um, there are theories that. The movie is going to start out with Charles Martinet as Mario and then Chris Pratt, like whatever character like he plays, not even if it's not like a real life character like the Lego movie did, like real life person, but like animated character that gets into the game somehow and turns into Mario. No, we got to stop. We got to stop putting people Jumanji. into games. Yeah. <laughs> we got to stop Jumanji. We got to stop Space Jam. Um, we got to stop. The first one was great. I didn't also, see the like, second one yet. The second one has some really funny moments. I will admit, because Aquafina's in it, and she's like genuinely hilarious in that movie. But like, man, we just got to ch- gotta chill. After Space Jam, I need a break. I heard you that was so it. bad. Tron One and Tron Legacy. That was our quota. We couldn't couldn't fit anymore. Oh my those, god! Those Tron, Legacy, Tron Legacy is like a a borderline perfect movie. I agree. The movie is incredible. Are you no? Are you are you being serious? A hundred and ten percent serious. Okay, I I'm I'm so happy right now. I'm so happy right now because people like hate that film for some reason, and I think it's I've, fantastic. It's a great movie. I know. Movie's awesome. Soundtrack's awesome. Sorry, we're getting yep. okay sidetracked. Well, we're still uh, talking about so, movies. Let, let, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but let's do like a thumbs up system. So far, uh, Chris Pratt, thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, awesome. thumbs, oh up. thumbs up, yeah. thumbs up for sure. Thumbs up. Um, I'm skeptical, but I've also I, it doesn't matter. It's an animated movie about a plumber <laughs> who fights turtles. So yeah, I'll give a tentative thumbs up when you okay. put it like that. Are we gonna see Plumber Bottom? Oh, some crack? Uh, probably not, because he wears overalls. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. <laughs> Are we going to see Chris Pratt's animated crack? I don't think so. 
I don't think so, but maybe. All right, here, here's where we get fun. Anya Taylor-Joy is Peach. I love her, so I, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> Who is she? What has she done? I've never Queen, seen her in Queen's anything. Queen's Gambit? I, right. Yeah, I guess Queen's Gambit is what she became most known for. Uh, she was I, in I the New in Mutants. The... And oh, yeah, she is like, she is awful in that movie. Like, that is like <laughs> one of the worst performances I've ever seen. Like, she's great. I really like her. She played Magic, like uh, Ilyana Rasputin, like Colossus's sister in that movie. And God, she's just awful. Like, truly, truly bad. Trying to watch that movie. I fall asleep the movies, during the movie. Gotta be honest, great. didn't know it came out. Yep, movie's <laughs> not great. Like, I, I first saw her in The Witch, and I loved her in that. And then she's in, oh god, what's it called? Um, the the one with James McAvoy. It's the sequel to Unbreakable. Oh, um, Splice. Is it Splice? No. 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 Splice Something like a that. Horror movie. Splice split. Was just... <laughs> split. Like split. That. Split. That's it. Yeah, she was in that, and I loved her in that. Does so she's like a a real person. She's like a real award winning <laughs> actress. So does that mean like? Peach isn't just reading a note to Mario in this movie. Like, That's like, are, are we actually going to get like yeah. conversations with, with Peach and other people, or is this like Vin Diesel playing Groot, where it's just like, why the f would you do this? <laughs> like, it'll be interesting. I mean, I guess it takes us back to like Super Mario Sunshine days, where it had voice acting, and I don't know. That was kind of weird to me at the time, but. This will be fascinating to see them interact. But I mean, yeah, where are we at? I, we'll, we'll keep rolling with that thumbs up, thumbs down. I've never seen anything with her in it, but I know she's like, so I'll give her a thumbs up. I give her nothing because I don't know anything about her. Yeah. I cannot stress how freaking terrible New Mutants is, but I am, uh, again, thumbs up because Queen's Gambit was really good. Okay. I, was I, really good I love the concept of it. The execution did not. Okay. Charlie Day. As Luigi. <laughs> Either my number one or my number two <laughs> casting for this movie. Definitely oh, my God. number two. And I only know him from... Uh, oh my God, why am I blanking on names tonight? Pacific Always Rim. Sunny? Oh. I only know him from Pacific Rim. What? <laughs> He's done like 200 episodes of Always Sunny. You haven't watched that? You haven't watched one episode of that show even by and accident? you're from Pennsylvania. No, I've never even seen a clip of the show, honestly. Jesus oh, Christ, geez. Elijah. Bro. So, I just want you to know. They Turn off the PlayStation every once in a while, Elijah. I'm watching like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine right now. Uh, just engage with, <laughs> engage with the culture, Elijah. They used to play this thing on the way home from concerts where they would name a movie or show and then all guess if I've seen it or not, and then see who won at the end of the trip. God, Elijah, that's not like, that's not like a good thing. <laughs> that's not... I didn't say it was. I just said that. <laughs> all right, just making making sure. I love you, but God, dang, just like what? Watch, watch. Just once in a while, just leave FX on. You you might like it. Oh, FX has <laughs> great shows. Yeah. Okay, so no, fantastic um, casting. I love this. Yes, three Two thumbs, thumbs up. up. Yeah, yeah. So far, he's he's my favorite of the three that that we've read. <laughs> yeah, same. There was a point in time where I was worried because, like, I'm a little older than you, Austin. So, like, I know you look really fondly at the prequel trilogy of Star Wars. I did not at the time because I was like a teenager when it was coming out. 
And then Star Trek, the reboot came out and like the first movie was so good that I was like genuinely worried about like a culture where people thought Star Trek was cooler than Star Wars, which like Star Trek is is fine, but it's not cooler than Star Wars. But because of those movies, like are we entering a, a realm where Luigi is going to be cooler than Mario because of Charlie Day as Luigi and Chris Pratt God, as Mario? I hope so. Like is Luigi finally going to get awesome. his due? Is this yeah. the actual year of Luigi? Coach, I know you're a big Luigi fan. It's going to be fun. That's all that matters is it's going to be fun. Uh, This next one is fantastic. Jack Black as Bowser. My number one. Yeah, for sure. I I, I absolutely love this casting. I I love Jack Black to begin with, and I think he will do a great Bowser. You know, we all know he can do a range in his voice. Like, he can do such a wide range. I, I think he'll pull it off perfectly yeah also yeah. i love uh it going around jack black's casting video for bowser and it was that video he made of him in the speedo like running around and doing all that <laughs> different stuff no i i i i love jack black and and you know obviously he's a big fan of, of gaming in general he does a lot of stuff with double fine and so it'll be interesting to see um how he portrays bowser but no i i think i think that it's just so cool to me that like a Jack Black as Bowser is happening. Like such a such an awesome casting. I thought that was one of the biggest announcements when they were yeah. going through. All right. So probably probably the craziest casting. Just say it. Keegan Michael Key as Toad. This is my favorite casting. <laughs> <laughs> Why, George? Why is this your favorite casting? <laughs> uh, I love I, I love him. I was literally watching the episode he hosted of SNL earlier today, like while I was wrapping up some work. Um, I just think on a movies have been like really into like a postmodern kick lately where like they just kind of like analyze the structure of like how weird something is. And like, I feel like they're just going to address like all the little toadlings who aren't toad. And, like, I wonder, like, is he going to voice all of them, but, like, only one of them is actual Toad? Like, I'm just really excited by the possibility of him being given free range over one of the weirder character concepts in all of Mario. And he's hilarious. Like, he is genuinely a comic genius. Dude, I've watched this video so many times that after this was announced, somebody posted the substitute teacher video that he did with Key and Peele. And yeah. it's instead of his voice, it's like they voiced over him with the toad voice. And it's, <laughs> one, of the, <laughs> and it's one of the funniest videos I've ever it's seen. It's so true. <laughs> so, no, this cat, I mean, it's bizarre. Like, it, just imagining him as toad, it's like the most bizarre thing I can imagine. But I'm so excited. It's so bizarre, but so fitting. And I never knew that I wanted it. I know. I know. Well, it's so. great because this is this is a the rebranding that Toad needed because the last time Toad was like in the news was when a porn star accused the then president's penis of looking <laughs> like Toad. So this is like finally like he's taking the Toad back, you know, yeah. no longer will it represent a politician's <laughs> wiener. <laughs> it's finally a, a Toad tall enough to stand on his own. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh this next one also great. Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. I think that's that's actually a really good casting as well. I mean, all of these I think are great castings, but that one is also really good. Seth Rogen, I think Seth is a great actor. Rogen, I think a lot of people don't realize 
again, like Jack Black, the range he can do. Yep. Because I've seen some people like, oh, I don't get it. That's terrible. I'm like, actually, I think he can pull this off. Oh, I wonder 100%. 100% he can pull this off. Absolutely. I, I don't see it. I'm excited to be proven wrong, but I don't see it. I just think he's like generally low <laughs> energy, but also like, I don't know what I like really expect because this is a Mario movie. So it's like, how involved is Donkey Kong going to be? Like, is he just like literally like, it was so, like a celebrity shot, just like, you know, comes up off the bench, has like a fun three minutes of jokes and then just like goes back into like the closet kind of deal. Like, I, I don't know. Like he, I don't know what the role is. Like, I don't know how big of a, a performance is going to be. Low but. energy. George, you remember him as Dirty Randy, right? That was not low energy. <laughs> yeah, I, re- I remember him as Dirty Randy. <laughs> the League, in case anyone was curious. Okay, um, yeah, because I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think it can be fine. But sorry, we'll, we'll move on. Okay. And then uh, we'll, we'll keep on the Kongs. We got Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong. Love it. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. Um, and then these last two, I actually don't know these actors, so maybe I'm just maybe I'm just um ignorant. I don't know. But Kevin Michael Richardson is Kamek. And then we've got Sebastian Manis Kalko as Spike. I, which I don't, don't know them either. Yeah, I don't know either of those actors. Do, do any of you know these these guys? Uh, who was the um, um, one you said before the last one? Kevin Michael Richardson is a comic. Okay. After oh, the, the next one? Sebastian Maniscalco as Spike. So, <laughs> yeah. It, so, it sounds like we oh. none of us have any comment on that one. But I uh, looked up Kevin Michael Richardson, and yeah. he played Goro in the original yes. Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Well, the, well, I'll take it, I guess. For I'm the rest even of more cast. in now, honestly. <laughs> That's what I look for in my in my comics. Yeah. Also, also I love how when you, when you pull them up on uh, IMDb, the full first thing it plays is a trailer for Trolls. Because apparently, he was in that. Movie. <laughs> oh, he was in Young Justice. And, and then I I don't know the last person, but like, yeah, man, I. this casting announcement spurred like some of the funniest text messages like me and my friends yes. have ever had where it was just us like and playing wart like we would just like make up like new castings for people <laughs> for like the fully like extended mario family and we're just like playing king baba <laughs> like it was just like we were doing it like snl like if it had like infinite you know like opening credits <laughs> like, uh yeah no it's I mean, overall, though, this and of course, we we mentioned it earlier as well, but they they did say, too, that Charles uh, Martinet is going to, I guess, be in the movie somehow. They didn't really say how. So here's here's hoping Waluigi makes an appearance. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be great. But um, I no, I think it's an appearance in that. Maybe not smash. but Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I, I've seen so many people making fun of this casting, but I think I mean, they've got like some amazing amazing names tied to it and i understand why people are like yeah this is a meme because i mean keegan michael key as toad is is pretty much a meme so and and i get it even <laughs> someone on twitter called and this was back in may watch they'll get someone like chris pratt do the voice of mario i saw that <laughs> but i i mean the reality is going to be that you know you're going to have to get used to 
these characters being voiced and being voiced by, you know, I guess mm. celebrity actors. I know it's going to be a little weird at first, but I think it's a, it's pretty, pretty neat casting. And uh, you know, the same thing goes for like when detective Pikachu came out and Ryan Reynolds was voicing Pikachu. I mean, that was weird. Yeah. And so, but people got used to it. And so I think, I think we'll be in the same situation. Lion was- King, Lion King was also weird when yeah. um, the, the live action, but it took me about 30 minutes to finally get into it. Right. I was pissed. Speaking of which, Seth Rogen crushed it as a uh, Pumbaa in that movie. <laughs> oh, good old Pumbaa. <laughs> so uh, before we wrap it up, we have a special topic here, kind of kind of following this Mario movie casting. I tasked everybody with coming up for the cast of their own video game film adaptation. And oh, you uh, task. You I task. believe well, we before all we get into that, yes. I think we should mention who we would cast as ourselves in a frame skip movie. Oh, okay. All right, so Coach and is Vin Diesel. Yes. Does anybody disagree? Are we all agreeing that Coach is Vin Diesel? <laughs> no, much like Vin Diesel, Coach is all about family. I get it. <laughs> Elijah, Coach, can you do me a favor? Can you, can you, can, wait, hold on, Coach. Can you say you can, you can have any brew you want as long as it's a Corona? Can you, can you say that? Corona. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I, I, I have to get Austin's out of the way right away. And this actor is much more known for curly hair, but I imagine give it a nice slick back and nice style down. Austin would be Michael Sarah. I was thinking Michael Sarah too. <laughs> <laughs> I would think John uh, Krasinski. John Krasinski, yeah. you think John Krasinski, coach? Yeah, yeah. For like you, season right. one of season one, maybe. Yeah, yeah season Krasinski. one, maybe season one or two of The Office. Yeah, yeah. Do got do got <laughs> yoked after that. No offense, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I weigh like a hundred pounds, so I'm. I don't think I'm at that level. Uh, Elijah, did you have any other others that you think are are worth mentioning? Um, for me, I think the perfect fit is Josh Gad. Yeah, yeah, I honestly agree a, with you on that. I think that's, that's, a, yeah, that's a great call. <laughs> yeah. George, I honestly didn't really know who to say for you. So I was just kind of going based off of your hairstyle. And so I said, Russell Brand. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally getting it. Like I scheduled a haircut for Thursday. So. <laughs> uh, no, so normally my hair is like page? shorter than normally. My hair is like somewhere between Austin's and Elijah's length. This is just I've been too like paranoid to go get a cut during COVID. That's fair. Right, but also I like broke two he- like uh, hair ties the other day, and I'm like, you know what, this sucks. Uh, I'm going, to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna not deal with hair ties. Anybody else have any castings they want to mention, or shall we move on? I All right, um, I would say Troy Palomalu for uh, for I approve. Hair. For me, wow, yeah. I approve too. That's really <laughs> sweet, George. I can't believe you're doing all these Head and Shoulders commercials. Oh my yeah. god, those residual checks, love it, love it, love it, love it. All right, so we're gonna go one by one, and and we have some castings. We each have chosen, I guess, one video game and some castings that would go along with them hypothetically if they were turned into a film. So, George. What yeah, you? Um, I selected Street Fighter as a as a video game that I wanted to cast, 
and I've got a bunch of like alternates for for these characters, but I've also got like a list of like my first choice. Um, so let's go for uh, for Ryu. Um, I'm gonna go with John Cho. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like um, it. My alternate for him was Henry Golding. It was tough because like all these fighters are like international and like representing their countries in the Street Fighter tournament. Right. So like I was trying to be sensitive to that, but also like I kind of just want to cast like the best person possible. Um, for Blanca, I couldn't decide if I wanted it to be like a person in a suit or like a voice over an animated character. So if we're doing person in a suit, I thought Dave Bautista made the most sense. Uh, um, I like that. If we're doing voice, because like I actually went back and watched a whole bunch of cutscenes with Blanca, he like doesn't really have a Brazilian accent. Um, even though he's from Brazil. Uh so I went with Brandon Fraser <laughs> as like the voice for, for Blanca, which <laughs> I'm already on. Yeah, I'm so in with this. Uh for Guile, uh I got Henry Cavill's like my number one if you're gonna be like super authentic. I also thought Donald Glover would be kind of sick as Guile. Oh. Just as like a, a different take on the character. Also, like I would yeah. watch Donald Glover in literally anything. Yeah. Uh for Ken, I've got Zach Efron. <laughs> I love him. I love this. I, 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 I love, love your casting. I love him and he's just like dude's built. So like I think he could do it. Uh for Chun Lee, I've got uh, Gemma Chan. Okay. Nice. Yep. Uh, for Zang for Zangief, I've got David Harbor. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. I would think Batista, but go ahead. I think that's a good one too. I also I've re I've cast a whole bunch of people as different characters. We're gonna right. talk about that when we get into like the villains. Um, for Dalsim or Dalsim, I've got uh, I'm torn because like I think if we're being sensitive to like these characters and like where they're from, I think the answer is Kumail Nanjiani, especially after he got ripped for Eternals. But I really want to see Oscar Isaac as as uh, yeah, Dalsim, but again, trying trying to be like respectful of of these characters and their nationalities. Um, for Cami, I've got Blake Lively. No, oh, yep, yep. Uh, for Balrog, I've got Jaimin Hansu. God, he's wonderful. Yeah, he is. I like. That's I awesome. love. Uh, never back down is like a legit like top twenty favorite movie of mine of all time. Uh, for Vega, I'm torn between either Cillian Murphy or Pedro Pascal. Oh, I could see Pedro Pascal. That would be a good one. I like right? that. Or or Cillian Murphy, like yeah. the dude from Peaky Blinders. Um, yeah. for uh, Sagat, I've got either Tom Hardy or Michael Fassbender. Tom Hardy, man. I think Tom Hardy would be. Yeah, that's got to be the one. <laughs> and then for M. Bison, this was the hardest one. I've got four different people that I'm I'm willing to work with on this. Um, Oscar Isaac, who was previously mentioned, I think would be an awesome M. Bison. Yeah. Um, Daniel Craig, I think could also be like an interesting M. Bison. Mads Mikkelsen. Again, yeah. I would watch him in, in like literally anything. And uh, my my curveball pick is Brian Cranston as M Bison. <laughs> <laughs> Those are all really good. Those are all really good for M Bison mm -hmm. specifically. That's awesome. Uh, for E Honda, I couldn't decide who to cast. 
as E-Honda. So I wrote in my notes, like, not cast. This movie will take place in Japan, and E-Honda's name appears on a marquee in the background setting up a sequel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's uh, Street Fighter 2. And I don't want them to do a Street Fighter 1. I want them to literally just make Street Fighter 2 and, like, just pretend the first movie happened already. Just no one's seen it. And then just go straight into... (laughs) <laughs> that and then the and then the third movie will be called Street Fighter 2 Turbo. I love oh, it. man. Coach, but that's a new Street you? Fighter movie coming to you coming to you in 2023. Yeah. Enjoy right. everyone. <laughs> so, I had a little bit of time to think about this today, but I was thinking if they were to make a movie based on the NES version of Contra, I would oh, have man. none other than Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen. I approve. <laughs> get a little, oh get a little hot shots action in there. <laughs> That's fantastic. And for my, uh, for my runner-up, I would have Kiefer Sutherland play the lead role in Red Dead Redemption. Oh, that's oh, interesting. That's mm-hmm. I actually like that one. Yeah, that's, um, that's interesting. Wait, so, sorry, for... For Contra, can we make it so um, Martin Sheen is the one who's giving them orders? So it's just like a completely family affair. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, that's a wonderful idea. Yes. Sweet. Uh, I love that Kiefer Sutherland pick. That's great. Yeah, I really like that one. Elijah, how about you? I know you're excited for yours. I chose a game that's near and dear to my heart, and I know it's near and dear to Austin's as well. So for Alan Wake, my choice is for Alan himself, David Duchovny. Oh, man. Oh, hell yeah. That's good. Really? <laughs> That's, wow. Oh, my God. Dude, you don't. There was like a, a Skinamax porn show called The Red Shoe Diaries, where it was called Zalman King's Red Shoe Diaries. And it's basically like a short story was being read, and it was just like a pornographic short story. And David Duchovny was the narrator. So like it already feels a little, a little like Alan Wakey, <laughs> and with X Files, like it, right? It, it's perfect yeah. for his wife Alice Cameron Diaz. There you go, love it <laughs> for Tor and Odin Anderson, aka the old gods of Asgard, Ian McKellen and John Malkovich. Oh my god! Ooh, John Malkovich is a great call. Not that Ian McKellen or isn't, but very, he's really old, so I'm scared. He is, but also he looks like he's either 60 or 100, so it's kind of, he can play in that range. <laughs> There's no in-between. Uh, for, exactly. For Barry, his manager, Jonah Hill. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. For his character. Ooh, yeah. Wait, sorry. Are we doing chubby Jonah Hill, or are we doing uh, lost weight Jonah Hill? This is kind of like in the losing process, Jonah Hill. Okay. Uh, for Ben Mott, the large, lodge worker, Peter Stormar. Nice. Carl Stuckey, the gas station owner, Woody Harrelson. Hell oh my yeah. God, that's perfect. <laughs> yep, right? <laughs> I love that. Cynthia, Cynthia Weaver, a.k.a. Lady of the Light, Glenn Close. Ooh, nice. Maybe this. Maybe she'll finally win an Academy Award for her performance in Alan Wake. <laughs> she was and nominated six times and never won. <laughs> which is sad, but she deserves it. And for Dr. Emil Hartman, Michael Madsen. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 
Yeah. I like that. I would watch that movie or show. How <laughs> they would put it out. All right. And so the one I chose is actually like maybe kind of already happening, but like maybe yeah. not because I'm not convinced that it's ever going to come out. But Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was like trying to think of who would be Snake. But I have to be honest, Oscar Isaac as Snake, which <laughs> really? they've already cast, is like literally perfect. perfect. So I don't think I can cast anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's fantastic. And I, I could just see him in that role. Colonel Roy Campbell. I'm going to give it to Ron Perlman. <laughs> God, yes. <laughs> All right, yeah. By the way, this casting's a little strange. So it's kind of... You know what? Uh, so is Metal Gear. So, so roll with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Otacon, who is, of course, Snake's kind of Otacon. buddy. Otacon. Uh, I'm going to give to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to invent a uh, time machine, and I'm going to give it to Bill and Ted era Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Okay, Jesus. because Jesus because Christ. I could just see it. I could I could I could see that one. Um, Meryl, who is of course the the um, soldier you come across and ends up being a good friend of Snake's, um, just because I think this fits. Bryce Dallas Howard, I think is okay. Yeah, I could see really it. Really good fit for for her yeah, character. Gray Fox, Gray Fox, coming off of the hit movie Suicide Squad. I'm going to give it to Idris Elba. That's I why I was. When you mentioned Gray Fox, I'm like, yeah. I feel like Idris Elba could do that. I think that's a really good casting because he's kind of like the mechanized, like robot. You know, you never really see his face type character, and I, I could just really see that with him. Liquid Snake. All right, here's here's my fun one. Liquid Snake. I'm gonna give to Owen Wilson. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I <laughs> I wrote here Owen Wilson, comma with his long hair, comma lots of laughing. I can see it. <laughs> you know, we we say all this about Owen Wilson and like his comedies and that he does not get enough recognition for. Did anyone see Behind Enemy Lines? Yes. No. Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's I really love good. that movie. It certainly is a movie. Yeah. <laughs> George is like, it exists. We'll we'll end. I there. remember seeing. I saw that movie in theaters twice because I was obsessed with it as a kid. It is. <laughs> it is. It is fine. Uh, his like his like dramatic roles, I I find much more interesting than right. than his action roles. <laughs> Sorry, who is who is he playing? Austin Liquid Liquid Snake. So okay. he's like the long hair snake clone. He's he's so, like the bad guy. And so that wouldn't be one. Oscar Isaac. No. Okay. No. No. Because I'm not going to go into it. But Liquid Snake okay. is an imperfect yeah, you, clone, and so he he doesn't he's not the same. No, you got you guys know better. Yeah. That was me trying to understand. That wasn't me trying to re, recasting yeah. couch your your, your and stuff. Then I'm sorry. My last one is Revolver Ocelot as Jeff Bridges. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Oh my god! Yeah, I could just see that one. So those are those are my picks. But so how? I mean, if if you guys could watch the movie that you just pitched, would you do it? Or are you like really behind those choices? Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> I don't know if I would watch what I just pitched. <laughs> Look, you never asked if we would watch it because we think it would be good. You just asked if we would watch it. That's true. That's true. I don't know how long you guys spent. I like I really sat down for like an hour and a half. To like, no, it was like 10 minutes. I, I was like researching like IMDb lists. I was like, okay, show me some... Asian, like some Chinese American actresses under the age of thirty, with like a background in in martial arts, like fighting movies. Like I actually did like some some research for this. Um, 
I would watch this, especially if M. Bison were Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> but I think Oscar Isaac would crush as, oh, yeah. as M. Bison. He could do anything. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So if you're listening out there and, and you want to submit your own film casting or let us know if you liked our castings or which movie you would see, please do so. We would love to hear your own castings. I'm sure there's plenty of fun ones out there. <laughs> I thought oh, about church. choosing Death Stranding and like messing with you guys, but being like, and we'll get Mads Mikkelsen to play the lead character, like instead of Norman Reedus. Instead of Norman Reedus. I was like, and we'll get Norman Reedus to play the chunky guy, like to play Guillermo del Toro's character. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought about just, just mixing and matching. Um, seems like a very good really, I thought about do. doing. I thought about doing Gears of War. I'm kind of interested. If we have listeners who care about Gears of War, I would love to hear your casting for Gears of War. Because like, I've got like a small list that. I'm I'm curious what other well, people would think of that franchise. Dave Batista has been pushing for that yep. role for for so yeah. long, and I I actually think Dave Batista as Marcus Phoenix is actually pretty good. Did you yeah. see so. they wanted him to join Fast and the Furious, and like in this interview, he's like, "No, I don't want to be any part of that." But let me tell you about Gears of War. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, all right. Well, I think that that about wraps us up unless anybody has anything else they'd like to add. But I think we're we're done with this week's episode. So thank you all for listening. Of course, if you're at this point, if you're an hour and 10 minutes into this podcast, you know how to listen. But of course, please share the show with your friends. Tell them where they can listen and what the show is and make sure they listen in on us and and get some more listeners for us. Um, You can always find us on social media. Coach slash the podcast itself is on Twitter at Frameskip Pod. Elijah, you're at Loco Lizard Man. George is at PurpleBird616. And then I am Austin J. Eller. Of course, you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Frameskip or Frameskip Pod and we'll come up. So, of course, like I mentioned earlier, if you want to send in your, your castings or questions or whatever it may be, just send them to us on social media and we'll get to them next week. So, Thank you all for listening, and I hope you all enjoy Metroid Dread when it comes out after this podcast is posted. See ya.